0: Howdy listeners, coast to coast, Gulf to Mexico and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio and let me start off by wishing you the happiest, the healthiest and the best New Year's ever to you, to your family, to all those close to you and to this country of ours because we need some rays of hope right now in the darkness that is oh more or less engulfing us but that we will discuss later in the show. You know this is the New Year's show. And as many of you who have listened to me for many years around the country and across the planet know, we have a time-honored tradition here on the Right Side Radio. I'm going to go over my forecasts that I made a year ago in the New Year's show for the year just passed, 2022. And I'm going to give you my prognostications for 2023. Not all of which are bright and cheery, but you know, things are what they are. And you can't deal with what is unless you know what is. And that's my job to bring it to you. And then we're going to have, by the way, a pile of rat-a-tat-tat. I got to finish up on what I didn't, I didn't get to last week. I never seem to get to it all. And a whole bunch of stuff that's happening, even in this little holiday hiatus, you know, when you think things are slowing down, you're kind of relaxing and digesting your turkey or your ham or whatever. There's lots of things bubbling out there, folks. You need to know what they are. But without further ado, let's get started. First of all, our founder's quote. It seems at the conclusion here of 2022 (laughs) and the midterm elections, some of which will be covered in rat-a-tat-tat, that this is a very apropos quote. Benjamin Franklin, our founder, or actually I should say one of our key founders, This, the U.S. Constitution, is likely to be administered for a course of years and then end in despotism, when the people should become so corrupted as to need despotic government being incapable of any other. Think about that. And now our little rant story. You know, the last day or so, it has been howling here in the mountains of Wyoming. Yes, Wyoming's known for its wind, and we have a saying out here, which is, there's really no wind wind is when the rocks move everything else is a breeze well (laughs) rocks have been moving the last day i mean it has been intense huge metal chairs and i mean they are heavy have been blown over on the patio of the ranch house and actually blown across the patio and into the grass and down the hill and into the creek it's pretty amazing and you know it brings to mind the storm that we have gone through the winds that we have endured and the headwinds i should say that we have endured as a country as a people as americans over the past several years They are howling, and they are uncomfortable, and they are piercing with their icy clutches. And over the last day or so, I've watched the clouds build, gray, ominous, and boiling over the mountain ridges, which constitute the high country part of the ranch. And there's a storm coming in, no doubt about it. A huge wind out in these parts always precedes a huge dump. And you know, so too does the winds we've been facing, the winds we've been enduring for the last several years. In fact, maybe the last several decades with just a few bright spots. So yes, folks, there's a storm coming. But you know, shoulder to shoulder, fed by our beliefs, imbued in our absolute faith, in family, in faith itself, in the Constitution, and in American values, we shall endure, we shall endure, and we will weather the storm. In fact, in the end, we will be the storm. Let me tell you about what I forecast last year, a year ago, just about almost to the day, as this show. So, I forecast last year that 2022 would see an increasing and even more vicious, if possible, attack on conservatives, conservative views, American values, information, I forecast a limitation on speech, even more, shall we say, interference with interaction between conservatives and their leaders and conservatives as community, and that it would be orchestrated by an ever-increasing and ever-more-powerful, unholy alliance between education, media, big tech, and the government. Well, obviously, that has occurred, and it's just now coming to light, you know? It's amazing how these conspiracy theories become conspiracy realities, a la Elon Musk and what he's uncovered and is disclosing at Twitter, which, by the way, is the tip of the iceberg of what's going on out there. I forecast that immigration would be out of control, ever more so out of control, that there would be lip service paid to controlling the border, damping down this uh, invasion of illegal aliens, but that, in fact, all the policies and all the edicts would be to accelerate that invasion of the United States, that to accelerate that erasure of our borders and our sovereignty. And you know what? Unfortunately, I am correct. We'll talk about that in Rat-A-Tat-Tat, too. And I told you that the 2022 midterms we ought to do pretty well. Maybe a seat or two in the Senate, and of course taking back the House. But I, I cautioned you. I cautioned that this was predicated on everyone's involvement. This was predicated on election fraud control. And I forecast that election fraud would run rampant because the Democratic Marxists would do anything to avoid a trouncing. To keep their dark grip, and illegitimate grip, on power in these United States. To maintain the, shall we say, tyranny of the minority, which they are. And I forecast that conservatives would get about 25% give or take of the black vote and 40 to 50% of the Latino vote. I was unfortunately pretty much correct on all of this too. We didn't get fraud under control, a la Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania. And we're going to talk about what's happening in Arizona here in Ratatat. tat We did see 40 to 50% Latino votes for conservatives, more in some cases like down in Florida. And we didn't quite reach that 25% threshold of the black vote, but you know, we were in the 18 to 19 percentile range, a huge improvement, almost a doubling, and I think growing stronger every day as blacks in America realize that America is their friend and those who hate America are not their friends. As they realize that the plantation of financial dependence that has been built and fostered and nurtured, despite saying just the opposite, by the Democratic Marxists, is a one-way street to hell. I told you that the Dems, who would lose at least the House, would, on their way out the door, before the new Republican House took their seats, and hopefully the new Republican Senate, which obviously did not happen, that they would inject into the American system poison pills, kind of like Obamacare back in the day, when Obama was the facial President of the United States Right now, he is just the real president of the United States. And sure enough, that's exactly what they did. Did you know that there's gun control stuff in this $1.7 trillion boondoggle? <laughs> The, the omnibus bill, which, unbelievably, 18 Rhino Republican senators voted for and McConnell pushed. We're going to go over that next week. We're going to go over that bill in detail because you'll be horrified. I mean, if you're angry now, you will be absolutely pissed off when we go over the details in that bill. And the poison pill of the bill itself robbing the house of its power of the purse just as the republicans are getting back into control unbelievable but the bottom line is because we're talking about my forecasts as nasty as they were and as unfortunately true as they became that's what they were and that is what's happened and by the way this these poison pills are not done there's more of them coming at us even though there's less than a week left in the term of the outgoing Democratic Marxist House. I told you that the Supreme Court would come under vicious attack, and it did. That stacking the court would become an ever more prevalent battle cry, and it did. Fortunately, it didn't happen. And with the House now in Republican hands, assuming assuming no rhinos in the House, that's probably a fairly safe bet over the next two years. We shall see. I told you that the Democratic Marxists would go for broke. You know, they doubled down on the election fraud. They'd find new ways to perpetrate the fraud, as they did on Election Day with printers that wouldn't print and no ink in Maricopa County, Arizona. And I warned you, and I gave you a whole show show on this after the midterms this year. I warned you that the Democrats were now looking at elections as ballots, not voters. And the Republicans needed to change their M.O. because Republicans look at, still look at elections as voters that they get to vote. The Democrats don't care if there's a voter behind a ballot or not, as long as they have the ballot. I told you that there would be a huge war in many states over redistricting, which of course determines the constituency in congressional districts and also the makeup of that state's house and senate, the representative districts that form that level of government. And There was. In fact, there's still battles going on in three states, North Carolina for one, and Maryland for another. Their Supreme Courts and their legislatures are locked in a deadly embrace as to who has the power, (laughs) notwithstanding that the Constitution is clear it is the state legislature, who has the power to determine districting for voting and representation. I predicted that you would begin to see the demise of the Rhino faction of the Republican Party. And indeed you have, either through retirements or through Getting primaried out. There are less rhinos in Republican ranks than there have been in decades. But you know what? Unfortunately, <laughs> there's still way too many. Take a look at the omnibus bill. I told you that there would be a drumbeat of fear whipped up over food shortages and supply chain problems. This is long before all those drums were beating folks a year ago. And as you know, over the course of the last year, oh yes, article after article, people clutching their hands and throwing their arms up into the air in despair. We're all going to starve. Supply chain problems are insurmountable. It's all Russia's fault and on and on and on. It's all PSYOP. You know, my shows of the last five weeks, and the PSYOPs was easy to see coming, kind of like the wind I just talked about. That was part of the wind that precedes the storm that is yet upon us. On the international front, I told you that 2022, and this was uh, oh, probably seven weeks or so before the Russian invasion of Ukraine, was going to become a very, very, very dangerous planet. And unfortunately, that has been the case. I forecast you would see new weapons. Think about the hypersonics that have been unveiled by China and Russia. You'd see space weapons, lasers, etc., which, by the way, I'm quite sure exists, but everybody is keeping it under their vest, so to speak. You would see an ever-increasing alliance between China and Russia. In fact, I did two shows on that. I go back into the archives on therightsideradio.com and listen. I forecast that you would see an increasingly hostile confrontation between the United States and China over Taiwan, but I warned you that it was doubtful the United States would stand by Taiwan when push came to shove. That's still to be determined. The Taiwan question is unfortunately exactly as I forecasted a year ago, and I predicted that Russia would in fact invade Ukraine. They would invade Ukraine kind of as a test A test of NATO, a test of America, and to grab a couple of slices of Ukraine here and there and to push back NATO because they don't want Ukraine in NATO. They don't want NATO on their boundaries. It makes them nervous. You know, just like we were nervous when the Russians tried to put nuclear missiles in Cuba 90 miles off our coast back in 1962. I forecast only partially correctly, I might add, that the United States and NATO would not engage with Russia. And, you know, they haven't engaged with Russia but they've engaged with Russia in a proxy war and the extent of NATO and American support With money and with arms and with all sorts of assistance other than face-to-face confrontation between American or NATO forces and Russian forces. That has surprised me. But over the course of the year, as we've come to understand in my various shows that I've shared with you, the history of Ukraine, take a look at that on the right side, radio.com. Listen to my PSYOP shows of the last five weeks. This is not a war to save a country. This is not a war to stop an aggressor. This is a battle, a battle royale, of the forces of globalism, represented by the West, and the forces of nationalism represented by Russia, and China, and India, and Iran, as much as I despise Iran. I forecast that the military of the United States would be in decline. Uh, the extent to which they've become woke, I did not see. Maybe I didn't want to see. But nonetheless, the military of the United States is in decline. Intent Due to poor leadership, bad leadership, and intentionally misdirected leadership. I said the economy would limp along, which it has, although it's deteriorating rapidly. I suggested that you go to shadowstatistics.com. And by the way, the link is on the website. You should really follow that site. It will tell you the true economic indicators out there, not the government-hyped nonsense. I forecast that fuel prices would increase dramatically, which they did. I forecast that inflation would accelerate, which it did. It accelerated past the point I thought it would. But nonetheless, I knew we were in for inflationary times. You don't just create $13 trillion and escape without a little bit of inflation, you know. I predicted that the Fed would raise interest rates. Now, I was partially correct. They have certainly raised interest rates, but I was partially incorrect because I forecast a rate increase of only 1.5%, which actually, coming from a floor of zero for the previous 10 years, was a huge rate hike. Well, they've surpassed that by triple, right? We're around 4.5% and they're going to 5%. Probably in January or February I predicted housing was going to I'll be kind decline and boy is housing declining there's some great videos if you have not seen them posted on the website terrific real estate experts even down to the B&B market collapsing and you should really listen to them and they talk about specific markets did you know Las Vegas is down by 50% there are other markets down by 40% literally the markets which grew the most which were the biggest boomers are now the markets cratering the most and the fastest those videos by the way are under family safety economy and under the audio bar on the website on the right side radio.com I strongly recommend them I forecast that business would slow that hiring would decrease both of those things are unfortunately true for the past year despite the nonsense the psyops thrown at you by the government and the media and big tech and whoever and I forecast that there would be a battle royal in all sorts of courts at all sorts of levels and state legislatures and the congress over mandates mass mandates and vaccine mandates and that was certainly the case and i forecast that you would begin to see a groundswell a tsunami a volcano of lawsuits on these jabs as people realize they had been misled that the Vaccines were not vaccines, which, by the way, was kind of the foundation of the fraud. And I predicted, and I continue to predict, that Big Pharma and the government and employers who mandated people take these experimental drugs, which are now hurting so many, would be held, in the end, liable. That remains to be seen. I predicted that we would continue to coddle Iran. You know, we would try and redo the nuclear deal. We would relax the sanctions on their sales of oil etc etc unfortunately that's the case we have just recently pulled back from that so those were my predictions a year ago in virtually every case unfortunately i was pretty much right on and in several cases i was in the right direction but i didn't go far enough unfortunately like interest rates let me tell you what i foresee for 2023 let's start off with this Right now, there is no accountability and there is no penalty for corruption and for fraud in the United States government or any branches or agencies thereof. Number two, demographics are not our ally. Not only do you have 2 to 5 million, I mean, this year it could be 5 million illegal aliens coming across the southern border, but you have, let's face it, the death and disability ever-increasing of the baby boomers. And you have the growth of the Gen Xers. And as we're going to discuss in the rat tat tat these Gen Xers, and as I've discussed in the history of education, once again, go to the archives on therightsideradio.com. This is where the war will be won or lost, at that level. The boomers' best bet is to fight a rear-guard action, to stave off the barbarians at the gate until the new souls behind us take over the reins of American values. Unfortunately, they are being taught just the opposite. And because demographics are against us, folks, every day there is less of us, there is more of them, even though they are a minority. We're going to have to change our tactics. And I think you'll see those tactics on many levels, in many ways, begin to change. I think you've kind of seen it with the battle royale that Kerry Lake is waging in Arizona. I think that you've seen it with Elon Musk and his exposure of big tech Government collusion and symbiotic corruption at Twitter. I mean, you can kind of hear the ship coming about, the creak of the timbers, as she gets her nose back into the wind. We shall see. Time tells all tales. On the economy, I forecast that the Fed will keep raising rates. You're going to see at least another half-point jump. You may see several half-point jumps. You're going to see the dollar weakened by continued inflation which they'll try and tell you is coming down. Once again, ShadowStatistics.com will tell you the real story. And you're going to see increasing foothold by the rival currency by the BRICS countries, which I've told you about. A basket of currencies, China, Russia, South Africa, India, and Brazil, and of course Iran and other satellite nations, who will have this currency that is backed by natural resources, when our currency is just fiat. In real estate, I'm going to tell you exactly what I told you a year ago. There is no immune market. There is no immune type of real estate. It's all a degree of relativity. Some markets are going to be hurt more than others. In some areas, residential will decline more than land. In other areas, the opposite may be true. Rents may fall for the first time in many years. As demand slacken, and this happens all the time in these types of cycles, As households, the number of households decreases because people buddy up or people move back with their parents, decreasing overall demand, which when coupled with people's decreased ability because they've lost their job, their income isn't keeping pace with inflation, the rise in interest rate, the cost of housing, all those things combine to lessen demand. And as demand lessens, prices are going to continue to fall. I think you're going to see, although it's going to be limited by the economy, the continued migration of red-thinking people to red states and blue-thinking people to blue states. I think you're going to see some serious problems in the jobs market over the course of this year, unfortunately. There's a bunch of companies out there called zombie companies. The only way they lived was to borrow to pay their debt. And the only way they could do that and survive was at 0% interest. 5% gets rather ugly for them. And all the people who work for those zombie companies, which many economists estimate to be 27 to 29% of all companies in the United States, they're not going to have jobs when those companies fold. You're going to see immigration continue unabated, the same lip service and the same nothing burger in terms of stemming the tide. You're going to see a renewed push for amnesty. And when that doesn't work, you're going to see the Democratic Marxists resort to the nudge tactic, right? We've talked about it incessantly the last several months. And instead, they'll say, well, you know, we don't have to give them amnesty. Let's just figure out a kind of a new path to citizenship, which is a little bit easier than the old one or the existing one. They'll nudge it along, folks. You're going to see continued attacks on the Second Amendment. There's going to be victories. There's going to be losses. So far, the courts are upholding the 2A. But remember that although we laugh at Cadaver and his mumbling and his bumbling and his obvious incapacity, the people behind him, Obama and Soros and Rice and the rest of that crew, are highly competent. And they are highly motivated by ideology and a hatred for the basic values of this country and Americans who hold those values and although you may laugh at Cadaver he or the people behind him have gotten an awful lot of bad stuff done in 2 years and one of them is an appointment of a whole new plethora of judges to various seats all around the country and you know the the appointments by Trump will counterbalance that for a while but in the end okay we will be facing liberal judges who are going to make bad ideological decisions not based on the rule of law or the constitution on the health scene, you're going to see continuing whipping whipping up and the beating of the drums of fear. There's going to be this disease and that disease and this variant and that variant. You know, they're going to try and push the mass again. They're going to try and push the vaccines again. They'll push new vaccines, all of them experimental, all of them with the MRNA. If you have any doubt about what these supposed vaccines, which are not vaccines whatsoever and never were, as admitted by their manufacturers, Pfizer, Moderna, etc., in their own papers, on therightsideradio.com, click on the COVID page. There is a wealth of information there from all sorts of sources around the world. You're going to see an increasing number of adverse effects from these jabs, from sudden death, which as you probably know, is up 40%, depending upon the age group and the type. 40% in Fortune 500 company employees alone, which is an earthquake in the insurance industry. Just listen to them. I've brought you those stories. You're going to see a push to try and get the WHO pandemic treaty, which, you know, this is a globalist dream, right? Right to subordinate our sovereignty as a nation to the whims of the WHO, who can declare a health emergency with the snap of a finger and lockdowns and vaccine passports and all sorts of things. Vaccine passports are gonna be pushed again. Whether or not successfully, time will tell. You're gonna see a push for all sorts of UN treaties. Remember, we do not control the Senate. Really, the fate of this country in some respects rests in the hands of Joe Manchin and Sinema, the two Democratic senators who can upend the Senate majority that Democrats, unfortunately, and in my opinion, illegitimately, now hold. Do not be surprised to see a push by the Democratic Marxists in the Senate for ratification of all sorts of UN treaties, such as the Small Arms Treaty, in other words, forsaking our 2A rights to an international body who is adamantly against an armed citizenry because that's the only thing that stands in their way of their globalist utopia. You're going to see, I believe, the continued upswell, increasing, in fact, an increasing uproar in education as parents try to assert and do assert their rights and their powers as parents over an education system and a teacher's union, the NEA, run amok. You're going to see, unfortunately, the first digital currency programs listen to my show last week kind of the culmination of the five-part psyop series it will give you a feel for what's coming at you and you're going to see all these things right that that triad of control digital id carbon footprint digital currency social credit score you're going to see all those things be bubbling to the surface in some cases And some countries more, like the UK, I told you about them last week, and in some cases less, hopefully, the United States being amongst those some cases. But nonetheless, you're going to see a concerted push by the globalists. This is a foot race now, folks. This is a foot race between globalists and nationalists. You know, the West and the United States, controlled by the global cabal, and Russia, China, India, the nationalist states. It is a foot race. Between the globalists and the population in the West, will the population awaken and take the steps that need to be taken to cast off the yoke that's been placed upon them while they were asleep at the switch, I might add? Or will the globalists beat them to it and get these control systems in place, making it ever more difficult to assert and protect individual rights and liberties? And in terms of conflict around the world, I think there is a better-than-50-50 chance... China will make its move on Taiwan. The Ukraine problem is a sticky wicket. Russia is really not in the position of backing down. They can't in a lot of ways. And they have an uneasy finger hovering above the nuclear trigger. The United States, or should I say the globalist factions, are equally as adamant in trying to rub out their nationalist foe. And both sides are uncompromising. And of course, Ukraine and Zelensky a disciple, by the way, of the WEF, you know, the Global Leaders Program of Klaus Schwab, he plays everybody against the middle. This is a very dangerous situation. I really can't tell you the outcome. It can go a whole bunch of different ways from absolutely horrific to miracle resolution. Problem is, I'm not sure even if Russia withdrew, the globalists will let it go. And you're going to see other conflicts pop up. North Korea, South Korea, Iran, Saudi Arabia. Probably don't know it because the press doesn't want to talk about it, but over there in Serbia and Kosovo, there's two armies facing each other down over the border. There's conflicts between India and China on that border. I mean, all around the world, there's conflagration. Any one of them could boil into something disastrous. And unfortunately, this is in the face of an American military which is going to continue to grow weaker. Forget the technology, forget the new weapons. We're talking about its basic backbone, its men and women. A fighting force cannot withstand this assault on their fighting abilities with woke nonsense. They cannot muster 100% loyalty to an outfit which forces them to take experimental drugs which are now proven to be detrimental to many of those who unfortunately receive them. And recruitment is going to continue to be, and in my opinion, an increasing problem for the armed forces. You may, in 2023, see the reinstatement of the draft. And our last two forecasts for 2023: big crisis coming in pensions, particularly state-run pensions. They've made bad investments. The economy's turning down. They're already 30 percent underwater. Most pensions. Some are worse. Boy, wait till the Kaka hits the fan this year. Keep your eyes on it, particularly those of you who are relying on pensions for your future retirement or other income. And the last is reparations. You know, redistribution of wealth, buying votes with your money. You're going to see that ramp up, particularly in blue cities and blue states. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep your ears to the wind. So those are your hayseeds forecasts for the upcoming year. We shall see, a year from now, how correct or incorrect I might be. And you know, to be honest with you, I would hope that I am incorrect in virtually all of them. But let's get into (laughs) rat-a-tat-tat, you know, jaw-dropping, unbelievable current events. Here we go. Are you cold? Are you shivering? Is that icy wind running through your clothes? Is your car stranded? Are you buried in snow? Don't worry. Joe Biden has your back. In fact, he is so concerned about you that he's down in the Virgin Islands. Oh yeah, a nice little New Year's vacation. uh, Riding his bike on sandy and warm beaches. Just to kind of reinforce how much they care about you. Rachel Levine, HHS. Oh yes, quite the character. And you know, there's now a video of her asking big tech to censor anyone who's opposed to gender surgery for children. You know, it's racist and misogynist and transphobic and whatever else. A foreshadowing of increased big tech and government collusion? Probably so. The Carrie Lake matter down in Arizona. Election fraud on full display. The trial was terrific. The witnesses were terrific. You can see the entire trial on many different stations, uh, channels, etc. Obviously not in the mainstream media. She lost that case. Katie Hobbs and her crew... (laughs) Which includes, as their lead attorney, the guy who took money from Hillary Clinton to do the Russian dossier, you know, at Perkins Coie. Terrific. They asked the judge to slap the Kerry Lake campaign and the Republican attorneys with 700000 plus in sanctions for bringing a frivolous lawsuit. The judge threw that out. He did award them 33000 but why don't we say that was a victory? And Kerry Lake is going to appeal. All these articles in detail on the website, on therightsideradio.com, under election fraud. Read them, stay up to date, and send money to carry on this appeal. This is as far as any election fraud case has ever gotten at this level. You remember last week I brought you the story of Denmark? putting aside the money to coerce and force 12,000 individual farmers in that country to sell their land back to the government because they were incapable of meeting the new mandated carbon footprint for agriculture? Well, guess what? There's now a landowner transparency registry that's the law in Canada. Basically, there's no hiding behind a company. There's no hiding. You have to disclose every single detail. If you are an owner, or a member of an owner, or a shareholder in an owner, of land in Canada. Hmm, what could that portend? Remember our buddy Klaus Schwab? You'll own nothing and you will be happy. Then, you know, Germany... Germany is kind of reaping what it sowed, right? It shut down all its fossil fuels and nuclear plants. Well, they have this grand plan, you know, and that is to (laughs) implement conservation measures on natural gas that they've been stockpiling. Oh, gee, I thought fossil fuels were so bad. Unfortunately, there's a winter cold snap over in Europe, just like over here. And Germany's Federal Network Agency head, Klaus Mueller is publicly urging consumers to save gas. And by the way, he says, and I quote, Germany is very, very far away from a gas shortage, unquote. But it just so happens that he admits in the same breath that the country's burning way more gas than was expected for this time of year. And said last Monday, on Monday alone, one day, Germany burned 1% percent of their entire gas reserve. Hmm, why do I think this isn't going to have a great ending? In the United States, gee, no mainstream media covering this. I wonder why. On the 24th of December, Duke Energy, which services a huge portion of the southeast United States, for seven hours suddenly lost generation of one-third of their power output capacity, seven gigawatts. And of course, in the middle of the storm, which was all around the country, nobody in the grid had any power to send their way. So they cut off consumers. Literally, flipped the switch. The same thing happened on the 25th. Hmm, wonder what's going on there. Was this a cyber attack? Maybe a little probe by Russia or Iran or China? What exactly went on with Duke Energy on the 24th and 25th of December? And there's a lesson in this, you know, kind of like that cold wind I was telling you about at the beginning of the show. If they can flick the switch, folks, so can any other power utility. Think about that. And then, of course, the IRS. Did you know, of course, it's all blamed on the COVID-19 pandemic, that in june of this year 2022 there was a surplus of returns that had not even been opened by the irs of 20.5 million business and personal returns which supposedly has fallen to 10.5 million returns by the end of october but millions of americans folks for sure are still waiting and this is now 2022 2023 for their 2021 Tax refunds. Wow, think about that. Outside outfits estimate that at least 3 million individual returns and over 4 million business returns. We're awaiting initial processing as of October 21. Last week, I brought you in ratatat that the Cambridge Dictionary changed the definition of man and woman. Well, look, this all comes from the universities, folks. And for those of you who listen to me, grandparents or parents who are wasting tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars sending kids and grandkids to college, you really ought to rethink that. Or at least rethink what college you're sending them to? Stanford University, right? Hundreds of thousands of dollars for a four-year education. They have now come out with a list of words they want eliminated from public discourse on campus. Hmm. It's called, the document, by the way, is called the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative. Ooh, wow, that sounds great. And their goal is to, quote, eliminate many forms of harmful language, including racist, violent, and biased language. On the university's website and internal documents and codes and discussions between supposedly free Americans on campus. By the way, one of the words that they picked out to abolish, to not use anymore, is the word American. I'm not making that up, okay? The Wall Street Journal is following this too. They wrote, call yourself an American? Please don't. Much better to say U.S. citizen. That happens to be out of the Stanford Paper, by the way. Another word that they outlawed, by the way, was the word brave. In fact, they don't have any substitute, like American is U.S. citizen, but there's no substitute for brave. It is simply a word that should not be used anymore. So I guess there's no such thing as a brave American anymore at Stanford University. By all means, folks, send them some tuition money. <laughs> and then we have the Marines. Wow, I, I gotta tell you, it just pains me to bring you these stories on the Marines. I want you to know that the Marines commissioned, oh yes, another university to do a study. Hmm, when are we going to learn about these universities, folks? This was a 738-page academic report, quote-unquote, from the University of Pittsburgh. It was commissioned by the Corps in 2020. Unbelievable. And one of its conclusions, one of its unbelievable conclusions, is that the military branches, other than the Marines, have made strides to de-emphasize gender. And the report says that the Marines need to immediately implement important criteria and important guidelines so that all their privates and all their recruits at boot camps, no longer address their drill sergeants as sir or ma'am. No, nope, can't do that. You need to address them by their last name or their last name preceded by whatever their rank is. And this is under a section, by the way, which is called Gender Integration at Boot Camp. Wow. Once again, the Russians and the Chinese are shaken in their combat boots. Life Expectancy. Oh, well, this kind of ties into that other rat-a-tat-tat I just brought you. According to the CDC, (laughs) well, so you can guess that it's probably five times worse than they are reporting. The truth is, is that overdose deaths in the United States have increased 500% since 2002. Thank you, China. Thank you, Southern Border. Thank you, Democratic Marxists. And life expectancy overall in the United States has fallen to 76.4 years. The last time it was lower than this was 1996. And at that time, average life expectancy was 76.1 years. And in really good news that I kind of delight in, you know, our buddy Mark Zuckerberg there at Facebook, now Meta, let's face it, you know, he's a trans humanist-obsessed Marxist (laughs) piece of data. How's that? And Meta just got hammered with a $725 million lawsuit settlement because, and by the way, this is the first of many. You just wait and see what's going to happen to this company. And you wait and see until the lawsuits start getting on the jabs and the misinformation and the lack of informed consent and the censorship that has affected the health of millions of Americans and people around the world. You just wait to see what happens there. But this is the first of many lawsuits about Meta stealing people's personal information and without their knowledge or approval selling it to third parties. In this case, an outfit called Cambridge Analytica. And they're going to have to pay $725 million for that problem. And they have a whole bunch of other lawsuits that are in motion on the same matter. Hmm, I'm not sure I'd want to own Facebook stock. And let me give you another little education thing. Once again, at a very expensive school. In this case, a very expensive private high school. This is Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology, or TJ, as it's known. We come to find out that for the past five years, this school has been withholding notifications of National Merit Scholar Award from students and from student families. I mean, you can't make this up. Along the way, the school has also implemented an equitable grading policy. It eliminates all zeros and gives students a grade of 50% just for showing up. Oh, this was discovered by a lawyer, by the way, Shana Yeshar, whose son attended there and she found out after the fact and not through the school, was a National Merit Scholar. He is, by the way, part Arab American And the great majority of the students, you're going to love this, think about this hypocrisy of the left, the great majority of the students at this school are Asian and or Arab American and or other nationalities. In fact, the majority of the families who send their kids to these schools, English is their second language. And what's happened by the withholding of these National Merit Scholar, which is very prestigious, these kids of not being able to use it to get hundreds of millions of dollars in scholarship awards and to better their chances at attending certain very prestigious schools to continue their studies. I mean, you talk about unfair and you talk about the theft of a life and of a promise. Well, I'm not sure you can go any deeper than that. By the way, the principal there, Ann Bonita Tibus. Bonita Tibus. Huh, nice. And the director of student services, Brandon Kosatka. They've been withholding this information for years, folks. They've affected and materially adversely affected at least 1,200 students over the last five years. Many of these students would have qualified for 800 special scholarships from corporate sponsors. But since they didn't know they had won the award, they couldn't even apply. By the way, in the meantime, this principal and this student services director also nixed the school's merit-based admissions test over the last several years to increase diversity. And although the student services director has now admitted it and apologized and, you know, all this nonsense... The principal still hasn't admitted it, and even this year, 240 Merit Scholar certificates for that school, probably the most of any school in the United States, although she says she signed them, she still hasn't distributed them. And of course, the time for admissions applications has passed for this year for next. Those deadlines are usually October 31. She did not release the notifications to these poor students that they were National Merit Scholars. Top of the line. I mean... Top of the heat until November 14th. And by the way, in their defense, these two thieves of lives said that the decision to withhold the information from parents and students in this kind of low-key way was intentional. It, I'm not kidding. You, they admitted it. Quote, we want to recognize students for who they are as individuals, not focus on their achievements, unquote. Folks, if the stories I've brought you in this show and in other shows have not convinced you yet, may I suggest you do some soul-searching about whether or not you homeschool and whether or not you send your kid to some hoity-toity private school with a woke staff and an outrageous curriculum and whether or not you waste money that could otherwise be put to very good use on behalf of your child, sending them to one of these universities. Oh, and then these climate freaks in a startup company without any permits, without any permissions, without any science, are now releasing sulfur particles into the atmosphere to stop climate change on their own. By the way, this effect is called dimming. Hmm. I wonder when they started this, I wonder how much they've done, and I wonder if there's any correlation to the weather gripping the country now. Maybe, maybe not. In any event, It's not nice to play with Mother Nature. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the right side. I hope I have motivated you to face these headwinds shoulder to shoulder, to blow them back, and repeat in the mirror, and repeat with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. I'll talk at you next week, the history of money coming at you next week, apropos with digital currency about to be crammed down our throats. And in the meantime, the happiest of New Year's, and we'll talk to you in 2023. Keep the wind at your back. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Read Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side.